This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 36, and we are recording on June 30th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Amanda Nelson of Book Riot, and our special guest today is best-selling historical romance author Courtney Millen. Hello, Courtney. Hi. It's nice to be here with you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We got so many romance questions that we did felt a little out of our depth. Yeah, so we thought we'd bring on somebody with more knowledge, and, you know, so we did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we needed we needed somebody's expertise from inside of the genre. And obviously, I mean, I know we've written about them before, but we love your books. I just finished the Brothers Sinister series like not too long ago. So, <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Well, thank you. Um, okay, so if you haven't listened to the show before, it is a recommendation show. So you send us questions and then we answer them. Sometimes we bring in expert help. Sometimes we kind of go spelunking in our own reading. Uh, the way you can... Spelunking. S- I, well, that's what it feels like to me. I'm like diving into my bookshelves, sometimes literally like pl- pulling books off the shelves, trying to find something. Um, so you can send us questions by emailing us at getbooked at bookriot.com. You can tweet questions to me and Amanda. I'm Jen IRL, Jen with two N's on Twitter. And Amanda is I'm Amanda Nelson. And there is also a form at the bottom of every Get Booked post where you can enter in your questions. If you have a time-sensitive question, like you're going on vacation or you need a gift recommendation for a birthday or whatever, uh, do let us know early on in the question or in the subject line so that we see it. Um, Otherwise, don't fret if we don't get to your question immediately. We promise we will get to it. Okay, so we're going to read the first question and then do our first sponsor and then jump right into the answers. Okay, so this is from Lindsay. She says, I've recently read Priest by Sierra Simone, and I'm looking for more so wrong, it's right reading recommendations. Maybe more Hot Men of God or a sexy Amish novel. Do those even exist? That's a great question. Uh, Who can I speak to about this? Anyway, Forbidden Love, what can you recommend? Okay, so before we jump into this uh, question. I'm going. We're going to talk about our first sponsor. Oh, and it's not me, so I'm going to stop talking. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Our first sponsor is Pinhole Press, like Pinhole, like the little camera you made in elementary school. Um, and they make this is kind of genius. I think they make these memory games where you can customize the photos that you use. Like remember those memory games when you're a kid with the little pictures on one side, and you have to remember where it was and try to match them up. Well, this is better because it's your own photos. So what you do is you go on their site and you pick 12 of your favorite family photos and then you get to pick the pattern that's on the back of the cards and that's it. You're done. Uh, The memory cards ship to you and then you have them to play with your children, which is, we all know kids are little narcissists, right, and love looking at pictures of themselves, so this is kind of a genius way. Uh, I got a set, and I have to say the quality is really nice. Um, I really like the way the photos came out, and it was super easy to hook my photos into the website and pick which ones I wanted. The, the website is very slick. 
This is also, I will say, a great gift for grandma and grandpa. I'm thinking about making a set for uh, my parents because they have a new niece. And I feel like this would be an awesome game for them to play when they see her. So that is uh, today's sponsor is Pinhole Press. Um, and if you go to pinholepress.com slash booked, B-O-O-K-E-D, and enter the code booked at the checkout, you will get 20% off of your personalized memory game. And they also, while you're on there, you will notice they do magnets, which I got a set of and are really nice. They're all over my fridge now, all of my mm. vacation pictures from Hawaii, <laughs> so that I can, like, look at them and remember that time I was on the most beautiful beach in the world. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so yes, that's pinholepress.com slash booked and enter coupon code booked for 20% off to get your own personalized family photo memory game. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right. Okay. Do we want to go first or do we want to let Courtney go first? <sighs> Courtney, will you go first on this one? I will go first on this one. Woo-hoo. So my So Wrong It's Right, um, you know, uh, there's actually this whole genre right now that has really taken prominence called motorcycle club romance. Ooh. And Ooh. I've read, <laughs> I know I've read a bunch of them. I don't like them all because uh, sometimes they can be really misog- in fact they're always really misogynist let me just put that up front mm-hmm. and it is terribly wrong um but there are some authors who manage to do it right and i think the way you do it right is you have what is you know an actual existing misogynist culture in our world and then you take these women who are really freaking awesome and like sort of like bomb them inside it and so you have like just great conflict and it is always wrong like people are doing like super criminal things and um there's, um, you know, just a lot of really crazy stuff going on. But my favorite author who writes motorcycle club romances is Joanna Wilde. And specifically, there's a book called Devil's Game. It's not the first book in the series, but it does stand alone. Um, although if you read it in context, you'll get a little bit more information about the relationships. But it's sort of this Romeo and Juliet between um, this girl who's been raised by the president of this one really powerful motor cl- motorcycle club and a guy who was hired to specifically, um, you know, seduce her from a rival motorcycle club. And she has no idea who he is or that he's part of this thing. Um, this is like, it's, it's terribly wrong in so many ways. And it's also just amazing and fun. And as a character, the heroine, um, M is just, she just kicks so much ass and she never stops kicking ass. I love it. So that's my recommendation. I'm sorry. I'm All just right. sitting here taking notes. <laughs> that <laughs> motorcycle <sounds> great. <laughs> okay, I'll go next because Jenna's writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. um, so my pick for you is Fit In. It's by Charlotte Stein, and it's the second book in a series called Under the Skin. That's the name of the series. The book is called Forbidden, obviously, because I just said that. And this is like very much man of God priest type stuff because there is a priest in it. Well, he's not quite. He's not yet a priest. He's a priest in training. The main character is a girl who um, is being like held captive by her mom in a very Stephen King carry sort of situation. The mother is an extreme uh, religious Catholic who thinks that her daughter is possessed and is constantly having uh, really conservative Catholic priests into like do exorcisms on her, which always results in really bad physical abuse and yeah, that kind of thing. Um, And so finally... Killian is the hero, comes, he's uh, sent by 
another parish that his mother has that her mother has called on to come uh, do another exorcism on her daughter. And of course, nothing is wrong with her daughter, nothing at all. Um, and he immediately surmises that, you know, she's being abused and there's there's nothing wrong with her. So he takes her uh, like unties her and physically removes her from the house and takes her to the hospital. So there's a rescuing there. Um, and the girl falls in love with him. And it, the, the book recognizes the complications of like, does she love him for him or does she love him because he removed her from a really awful situation? Um, and then he starts to fall in love with her and there's, you know, and it's very steamy um, on the like romance to erotica scale. It's like w- farther closer to the erotica stuff, but all of that, uh, him struggling with the vows that he hasn't yet taken, but that he's really committed to take, um, her feeling kind of guilty about pulling him away from what he thinks this is calling in life. Um, both of them trying to decide if he's going to be a better, uh, be like more used to the world, uh, with her, or if he's going to be more used to the world as a priest. So lots of ethical questions, similar to, uh, what Sierra was talking about in priest, um, and the heat level is also pretty similar. So yeah, so that's Forbidden by Charlotte Stein. All right. I picked The Saint by Tiffany Rice because she kind of excels at, um, boy, that's wrong, but really <laughs> She right. really does. Yeah. <laughs> and The Saint is technically a prequel, but I think, I think there's no reason you can't read this one without having read the other ones. Um, it's the first in the White Years series, which is a prequel to the original Sinner series. But anyway, you'll be fine. Um, and it's about Eleanor, who is the heroine of the original Sinner series when she's uh, very young. And uh, she, she, her mother is deeply Catholic, and she's sick of it, and she's never going to go to church again. And then she sees this new father, Marcus, and his motorcycle, and suddenly church doesn't seem so bad. Um, <laughs> and, and of course, so she becomes obsessed with him, and uh, things kind of develop from there. Um, Tiffany Rice does a lot of dominance games and BDSM and all of that stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, there's a man of God at the heart of this story. So it seems like kind of what you're looking for. I will say that Tiffany Rice is more erotica than romance. So, like, not necessarily going to get a happy ending in her books. um, But you're going to get a whole lot of very steamy, steamy, wrong, right stuff going on. So that is The Saint by Tiffany Rice. Okay. There is. I don't oh, know if it's in the Saint or in um, uh, the Siren, the first book in the White. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a scene where Father, the the priest, is like looking at a painting and explaining to the to Eleanor how God Himself is actually like a dominant in a BDSM relationship <laughs> with humanity. Right. I, I I forever remember that scene, and my reaction was like. Oh, you're kind of right. Like, <laughs> theology is it's very interesting. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Tiffany. <laughs> she is the queen of so wrong it's right. She yes. really, really Possibly is. the empress. Yeah. <laughs> the Zarina. <laughs> or, you know, the dominatrix. Perhaps. There we go. There yes. we go. <laughs> uh, okay, next question is from Maymuna. Uh, I haven't gotten, I I have gotten into reading romance the past two years. I'm very particular in my taste. I like olden day romances with dukes, earls, etc. And if it has a family element and funny slash great banter, even better. I have read everything Candace Camp and Julia Quinn at this point. Uh, Can you please recommend romance books that have the above elements? All right. Uh, Amanda, why don't you go first this time? Okay. Um, my pick for you is Where Dreams Begin by Lisa Claypass. And I picked this because, well, it's a historical, which you're, you're asking for, um, but it also has 
a family element. The main character is, her name is Holly. Um, she's a, a lady. I think she's the daughter of an earl or, or something. Anyway, um, but she's a widow and she has a daughter. So there is, um, along with the romance that's happening between her and the hero, she's also, you know, looking out for her child through this whole thing. And she has to interact with her dead husband's um, family. So like her brother-in-laws and all of that, who she has a really excellent relationship with and still lives with when the book opens. So there's a lot of family stuff going on. Um, so she is a very proper, you know, upper crust uh, woman. And she meets a man named Zachary Bronson, who is super, super wealthy, like probably one of the wealthiest men in England, but he's not um, a noble. He was born a commoner and has struggled and, and you know, constructed this, empire of his own out of money but he has awful taste and no manners and he knows it and he needs a wife um, to kind of cement his position in society because he has a sister and a mother and he wants them to be able to go out into society and enjoy themselves and they can't because he's a crazy person so he hires holly to be kind of a social coach for him to like to live in his house and teach him and his sister who is about to come out um how to be normal, like how to interact with royals and nobles and um, how to climb the social ladder, essentially. And the reason why I think this is a good pick for somebody kind of diving into historical romance is that because Holly is teaching the hero about how to function in society, you get a lot of definitions that, that you don't necessarily get in other historical romances where it's sort of assumed that you know what people are talking about. So like, if you don't know the difference between an Earl and a Duke and all of that, Holly will explain it to you because she's explaining it to the hero, which is a nice handy thing. Um, and the two of them have a lot of great banter, uh, which is to be expected, I think, from a, a woman with a strong personality, but who is also very invested in manners and propriety and like a hero who just does not give a whatever um and is only doing this for the benefit of his family uh, so that's where dreams begin by lisa Kleipa. courtney you want to go next absolutely um i think my one of my favorites is um and someone who an author who i think really fits the julie not let me start over <laughs> because that sounded terrible uh one of one of my favorite authors of historical romance um is tessa dare and i think she is a great person if you're looking for someone who has like the banter of julia quinn and writes family relationships and i think a great place to start is with a week to be wicked it is about a heroine who is um she's part of a family where their mother has taken them to spindle cove and her sister is her mother is the one she considers her sister to be the pretty one, the one who's going to get married, save the family, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. Um, she is the one who reads while she's walking and runs into trees while she's doing it. And um, <laughs> uh, her mother really doesn't expect her to do much of anything. And so um, what she's discovered in a cave in Spindle Cove is a fossilized footprint of a dinosaur, which they don't know is a dinosaur at the point at this point in history, but you know, she knows what it is. And she, her goal is to take a plaster cast of this footprint to a meeting in Scotland to demonstrate that she's found something absolutely new that everyone needs to know about it. And she doesn't care about her reputation because she's not the daughter who's going to get married. So she ends up blackmailing the hero who is an Earl to take her there. Um, and so they have a week of shenanigans going across mm -hmm. in England with this plaster cast of a dinosaur foot which they named Francine. Um, <laughs> and it is funny and it is heartwarming and it is wonderful. And there's great family relationships inside the whole thing. Um, I just highly, highly recommend this series and this book. 
All right. I love sciencey ladies. Okay. Uh, so my pick for this one is How the Duke Was Won by Eleanor Bell, which just came out this year. Um, and I... This book actually had me laughing out loud on the train, so I can verify its witty banterness. Um, <laughs> it is about, so the hero, James, um, is the Duke of Harland, and he is kind of like, you know, he's the classic, like, rake and scandalous, and, you know, he's uncivilized, and what a brute, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he needs to get married, of course, and he needs a bride with, like, a totally spotless reputation because he is a businessman and wants to wants his business not to suffer um and and you know he just like he all he cares about is making a good match so that he can then go back to running his business um he spends a lot of time overseas he doesn't want to stay in england he hates england like he's basically just looking for a lady to ensconce in a house and then go so he like a jerk because he's kind of a jerk at the beginning decides that he's going to basically audition wives so he invites Invites four young, you know, spotlessly charactered women uh, with their chaperoning mothers to his villa or whatever um, for basically like a week of The Bachelor. And uh, <laughs> and so one of the girls who is under consideration is out of town. And so her mother gets her half-sister, who is like basically been raised in a brothel um, to fake being Lady Dorothea, who's the girl who's been invited to the house, um, in exchange for money. And Charlene, who is the heroine here, who's playing Lady Dorothea, needs the money because her mother and she are beholden to this terrible, terrible man. And um, they have to have money to buy out their business so that they can save themselves from his terribleness. So it's got, you know, secret identities and it's like got all of the manners stuff because she's like faking being a highborn lady, except that the mother in question wants to snag the Duke. So she's basically telling Charlene to like seduce him. Um, so Charlene is trying to walk this line between like appearing like she's a highborn lady and also seduce this Duke who like doesn't actually want to be seduced. It's very, very entertaining. Um, and there's actual like action sequences in this book, which you don't get super often, which I found delightful. Um, there's a lot of fun here. So, and apparently it's the first in a new series, which is always a good time. So that is How the Duke Was Won by Lenora Bell. All right, question three. Um, let's see, this is from, I don't know who this is from. I either didn't write it down or she didn't tell me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so anonymous questioner says, I've never been much of a romance reader, but recently I've been heartbroken and depressed and in a reading slump and somehow the two released books uh, yeah, the two books in the professional trilogy by Cressley Cole found their way to me and I loved them. They were perfectly filthy. The men were rich, strong and sexy and the women were equally rich, strong and sexy. The Russian mafia thing was part of the story and somehow felt less cliche than the Italian mafia. Nothing else I found in contemporary romance or erotica seems to hit the spot. Do you have suggestions? We do indeed. All right, I'll go ahead and go because I'm still talking. <clears throat> okay, so man, y'all, this book, my pick for you is, <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, it's Madam X by Jacinda Wilder. And so, like, trigger warning, right? Okay, this, there's a lot of questionable consent stuff happening here, which may or may not um, bother you. It did. I mostly find that thing kind of fascinating. And I enjoyed the book, but okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the main character, her name is Madam X. Like, that's literally her name. She has. She lives in this really fantastically swank 
penthouse, um, and her job is CEOs and multi-billionaires send their children, their like grown useless sons to her to, to be like to learn how to be a man so that they are worthy of taking over um, these huge corporations. So she's basically training up the leaders of the world. Um, and the thing that's weird about her as you're reading the book, you realize is that she can never leave her penthouse and that she doesn't actually know who she is. And so you come to discover that she has um, amnesia. She can't remember anything before six years ago, which is when she moved into this penthouse. She knows that she was the, the victim of some sort of assault, like attempted murder mugging kind of a thing um, and almost died. And then uh, a mysterious man saved her and brought her to this penthouse, taught her how to walk again, taught her how to get dressed, like all of this basic motor skills, taught her all the skills that she needed to do the job that she does now. And then, um, like let her do the job, except he never lets her leave the penthouse. And she very much so is under his control. Um, and that includes sexually. So she, he sexually dominates her. She gets punished in really complicated ways whenever she misbehaves or disobeys him in any way. Like he's, He's got cameras in her apartment. He watches her all the time. Bodyguards posted outside, all this whole thing. Um, and then she meets another man in the course of doing her job who she feels deeply attracted to, but she has divided loyalties because she feels like she owes Caleb her life, but she, she starts to kind of understand that the way that he keeps her there is not okay. And does she want to leave or is she in love with him? And will he, is he willing to like actually be in a real relationship with her and not just kind of hit it and quit it, which is what he does uh, whenever he feels like it. So obviously she's got a little Stockholm syndrome stuff going on. Um, but everyone in this book is like super hella crazy wealthy and everybody's got some weird ethical stuff happening, which is, you know, pretty similar to the Russian mafia wealth, money, murder um, of the Cressley Cole books. So all the trigger warnings in the world is still really fascinating. Um, Obviously, more on the erotica side, because there's not a lot of happiness in this book for anyone. But just like, man, so interesting. I really, I really liked it. So that's Madam X by Jacinda Wilder. Weird book. <laughs> God's, Godspeed. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go next. I also picked an erotica novel for you because I, d I was looking at my books and I haven't read a ton of romance that I would consider perfectly filthy, sadly. <laughs> I, clearly, I need to fix that. But I have read Alicia Rye, who is, like, amazing <laughs> and very, very filthy. Um, so my recommendation for you is Be My Fantasy, which is the first novella in the fantasy series. And it is about a woman named Elizabeth Harding, who is a senator, well, or is he an ex, yeah, he's an ex-senator, and she's his daughter, and he's now running a business, and, like, she, they live in D.C., and she has to be the perfect hostess, the, you know, quiet, lovely, well-behaved woman all the time to maintain the family reputation because there's already some scandals in their past so they can't have any more. And, uh, but in, on the inside, she is anything but quiet and well-behaved. And so she has created an alter ego for herself and one of the things that she has done as part of this alter ego is finance a private sex club. So she is coming home from the sex club one night and runs on the street. She runs into a man who works for her father named Luca, who she briefly dated and had a huge crush on, but it didn't work out. Um, and so now it's years later and she's run into him on the street coming from her sex club. And she is terrified that he is going to reveal her secrets and um, and like tell her father or expose her dark side or whatever. And he is really not interested in 
revealing her secrets, he actually wishes that they had never broken up, but she doesn't know this. Um, and so in the course of her trying to convince him that he should not tell anybody about her secrets, they discovered that they are both super into games, sex games, uh, specifically including role playing and dominance. Not bondage or, you know, hitting or anything like that. Like, there's none of that, but there's definitely, like, dominance games involved. Um, and it is so great. I really love the characters. Like, she definitely takes the time to make their relationship make sense and make them really interesting um, and their history. And then the, like, side characters are really, you know, everything kind of comes together beautifully. And the sex scenes are wow. So, <laughs> so that is beautiful. My Fantasy by Alicia Rye. Okay, Courtney, what you got? Um, I have uh, Kit Rocha's Beyond Shame and the entire Beyond series. It is a post-apocalyptic uh, erotic romance, and it is incredibly filthy. In fact, filthy is what people... It's probably the primary word that people use to describe it. Um, <laughs> it is... Uh, and it is also... it's. I wouldn't call it mafia because there is no mafia in this post-apocalyptic world per se. Um, the main idea behind it is that the rich people live in this, these elevated uh, these elevated places that are beautiful and have all these great things. And then there are all these slums that are sort of like beneath them in sectors. And the slums are sort of run by whatever gangs or warlords or whatever take over them. And, one of the slums, Sector 4, is run by a bootlegging clan called the O'Kanes. And it, this is a, an, there's incredible world building. There's like all kinds of bootlegging gang warfare going on. Um, and there's like orgies, like lots and lots of orgies. I think I have a, um, I have a recommendation on my website to this. And I say, do not read if you do not like orgies. And apparently that's a very good way to get people to read a book. <laughs> Um, but the heroine of this book, Noelle, was originally born in Eden, which is the, you know, place where all the rich, wealthy people live. And she screws up and gets sent down to the slums as punishment. And it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to her. I love this series. It's incredibly sex positive. It's incredibly female positive, And there's nothing like it anywhere. Um, so that's that sad. is Beyond Shame by Kit Rocha. I'm going to have to read those immediately. <laughs> orgies, so many orgies. <laughs> well, and it's, apocalyptic orgies, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, it's, it's like orgies with tons of stakes. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, okay, our next question is from Susan in St. Louis. She says, like a lot of women, my favorite book was written by Jane Austen. Uh, my, when I was in my late teens and through my early 20s, my reading list was filled with historical romances. However, when I try to read historical romances now, I'm mostly annoyed. They just don't seem very romantic to me. Uh, then I read Edenbrook by Julianne Donaldson. I fell in love with the style of romance. It was romantic, emotional, even elegant. Um, it is described as clean or proper romance. Uh, so, But now when I try to search for clean or proper romances, the list only includes books that are categorized as Christian romances, which is the thing that I don't want. I don't want any religious undertones in my romances. No offense. Can you help me find some clean or proper romances? that are in no way religious. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'll go first. Okay, so I would like to introduce you to Georgette Hare, because she is amazing. Um, and I feel like she is very much like if Jane Austen was writing romances in the modern day. Um, but they're all very clean. Like, there's a lot of, like, heated gazes from across the room and, like, you know, sensuous, like, hand kisses. Um, but nothing, like, there's no, there's, you don't ever see them really do anything hotter than that. Um, but yet they still manage to be really lovely, delightful romances. Um, and the place that I would recommend you start, because she has written about a bazillion books, uh, is These Old Shades, which is the first in the Alistair Audley series. Um, and it is, uh, it follows the relationship of Justin Alistair, who is a sort of notorious duke. Um, he's like called Satanus, you know, as a reference to Satan, because he's so notorious, of course. And uh, one day in a, like a back Parisian alley, he brings home, he finds this urchin and like in a shred of goodness brings the urchin home and the urchin's name is Leon, but actually Leon is a girl named Leone um, and she is trying to figure out who she is um, and she is kind of tired of all of the like court stuff and all of that jazz and she just really wants to know where it is she came from, and her desire to find out about her family sort of dovetails with uh, Alistair's plot against uh, a rival politician, Duke or no, I think he's a, a count. Anyway, uh, so so there's intrigue, there's conspiracy, um, there's historical, you know, references. She does a good job of setting the scene. Um, and then there's this whole lovely romance plot between a young woman and a dude, uh, like a duke who's, you know, basically irredeemable. Except, of course, this is a romance, so he's not irredeemable. So that is These Old Shades by Georgette Hare. Okay, Courtney, I what are you I love that book. Have? Yeah, it's so good, right? I love that whole series. <laughs> It, the whole series is good. That book is, there's something about it. I mm -hmm. love it. But also Girl Dresses as Boy is one of my favorite things in the entire world. Yes. Mm. Um, my pick is Deanna Rayborn's Silent in the Grave. She writes the Lady Lady Julia Gray series. They're um, mysteries. They're historical. They have that sort of, um, that, that really intense historical feel. And they're wildly romantic, but there's no actual sex in them. At least not that I could remember for four or five books. Um, and uh, they center on the relationship between Lady Julia Gray, who discovers that she's actually pretty good at solving mysteries in concert with um, sort of this mysterious man uh, whose name I didn't write down. don't remember. I'm so bad with names. Um, Same. But, I wrote them all down because I know whenever I start describing books, I'm like, yeah, the main character who is named, um, let's just call him Bob. <laughs> uh, but I, I missed it with this one. And so now I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but in any event, I think the thing that I like about this, and I think you'll, this, this is, this is so, this so falls in the, you know, the, the Georgette higher sort of way of seeing the world is that it, it manages to capture that, that romance, feel without actually having you know sexual contact on the page and she does that extraordinarily well okay um so my pick for you is austin land by shannon hill which i picked because well obviously it doesn't have any religious elements and it's a riff on jane austen um 
and it is in no way filthy. <laughs> so uh, the main character's name is Jane, as one would expect. Uh, she's, uh, you know, like a young woman. She lives in New York. She's doing the thing or whatever. She's also like kind of secretly obsessed with, with Mr. Darcy, um, the, specifically the Colin Firth BBC Mr. Darcy. Uh, and... Maybe it's not so secret. Like, her friends know it's it's kind of getting a little unhealthy. And it's starting to interfere with her actual life. Like, she can't find a man in her in her real life who compares to her mental image of, you know, the towering Mr. Darcy as played by Colin Firth. And so she keeps comparing everyone she's dating to this thing in her head. And, of course, that's kind of, like, ruining her life. So then uh, a relative of hers who's wealthy dies and leaves her a trip to a, a resort in England that recreates Austin's world. So you pay a lot of money, you go stay in a big old house in the countryside in England and live out kind of your Regency era fantasies, essentially. But not fantasies like that, but clean, like your fantasy of drinking tea in a bonnet. That sort of thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's a valid fantasy. All fantasies are valid. Totally. I would drink tea in a bonnet all day. day. (laughs) Um, So she goes and she, you know, puts on the Empire Waste gown and she flirts Regency style with all the banter with like the gardeners and the actors who were played, who were hired to play um, the gentlemen of the house and all of that. And she realizes that, you know, it's not real, but she also kind of feels like she's not just flirting with the, the, the gentlemen, but also like the men who are playing the gentleman like the lines between what's real and what's not start to get kind of blurred for her there is an obvious mr darcy character in the book and you can i'm sure imagine what happens uh, so i'm not going to tell you um but yeah so it's it's pretty clean and uh austin fans i think will like it so it's austin land by shannon hale also I, a movie i really enjoyed that book i haven't seen the yeah. movie but i enjoyed that book a whole lot <laughs> The movie de- has a couple of departures, but the, the funny, I mean, I never remember her name, but the funny blonde older woman from Legally Blonde is in it, and she's hilarious. Oh, nice. It's, it's, it's excellent. Okay, um, so before we do the fifth, the, our next question, we're going to talk about our second sponsor, and that is a graphic novel um, called Dream Jumper. It's by Greg Grunberg and Lucas Turnblum. Greg Br- uh, Grunberg, you might know from the TV show Heroes. He was also an alias and Felicity, speaking of Carrie Russell. Wait, wait, who is he uh, in Heroes? Um, or did oh, he no, write no, it? No, you asked me. I can't remember. No, no, no. He was in it. Um, I can't remember oh, the characters' names. <laughs> I'm like the cheerleader. No, you know, like I'm going through all these. The spider guy. No, I can't. I, I don't remember. Um, anyway, so yeah, he was in all of these big shows, and he wrote this graphic novel based on dreams that his son Ben had, which I think is really sweet. Um, so the main character in the graphic novel actually is named Ben. Um, All of his dreams are nightmares. Every time he goes to sleep, he doesn't have regular dreams. He has nightmares. But all of his nightmares are also starting to kind of come true. They're real. And he also discovers that he has this power to jump into other people's dreams. So his friends start kind of falling victim to this, like, evil dream monster that prevents them from waking up. And he knows that he has to help them. So he goes off to defeat the monster and save his friends uh, with a companion who is a talking rabbit, which I really appreciate. Um, And he has to figure out how to defeat this monster. And this is a graphic novel for all ages. So it sounds a little like his nightmares come to life and there's an evil dream monster that keeps people from waking up. And that sounds really kind of Freddy Krueger-ish, but it's not. This is a really all ages um, comic. And the co-writer, the person that he wrote it with, Lucas uh, Turnblum, is an award-winning cartoonist and illustrator. He did the, uh, the comic strip Imagine This, which you might be familiar with. And he's also a contributing artist for Dark Horse's Axe Cop uh, graphic novel series. Oh, so you X can Cop. read. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you can read a free preview uh, at scholastic.com slash dreamjumper. And yeah, go check it out. And that is, yeah, Dream Jumper by Greg Grunberg and Lucas Turnbloom. And thanks for sponsoring the show. And I mean, now this thing about I, who I he was. I looked it up. I looked it up. Okay. He was the psychic okay. cop. Yes, yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and the, yes, and then he finds the, the person hiding under the stairs. In yeah, that yeah, Harry he Potter finds a little girl and she's got power. Molly, little girl Molly. Yes. Okay. Anyway, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, that was Heroes reminiscences. <laughs> Okay, question five. This is from Andrew. Uh, He says, I've been wanting to get into romance novels since it's one of the few genres I don't read. I'm looking for recommendations for some solid beginner romances that are a good way to ease into the pool, so to speak. Easy question. All right, I'm going to stop talking, though. Courtney, want to go first? (laughs) Yes. So um, I'm going to suggest Alyssa Cole's Radio Silence. And I think it's it's a great crossover book. And it is a post apocalyptic book in which all electronics have stopped working for reasons that you don't actually find out immediately. All everyone knows is that electronics don't work. None of them. And that means that the transportation grid has broken down. Um, things, you know, food isn't coming into the main cities. And as you can imagine, if you have no electricity, no transportation moving around, uh, human madness immediately starts. And there is just absolute mayhem uh, nobody knows what's going on. There's a real lack of communication. There's no real law enforcement to speak of that takes like almost no time to break down. And so Arden Highmore, the heroine and her roommate and BFF Don Song, uh, go to decide that they want to go to his parents' home in upstate New York, uh, which the book starts when they're almost there and they meet his brother, Gabriel, who is, uh, looking for them, assuming that they're coming. Um, and Arden and Gabriel, uh, don't want to hit it off immediately for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them being that he's her brother's older, or her best friend's older brother. Um, and so there's a little bit of hidden attraction. There's the fact that they're in this really intense um, situation where there's a lot of people out there who just, you know, would love to take all of their stuff because, you know, their mm-hmm. parents have a generator. And, you know, it's so it's this really intense situation where they're they're kind of like forced together and uh, he's really hot and mm-hmm. she's really awesome. Um, so that would be my recommendation for a starting romance, um, especially if you like reading sort of like sci-fi or action type things, because it's got all of those elements in a really fantastic package with a romance. And that was, wait, uh, yeah, that was Radio Silence by Alyssa Cole. All right, Jen, you go. Okay. Uh, I am recommending one of the first romances that I read as a grown-up, um, and it is Bet Me by Jennifer Kersey, and I'm recommending it for a couple of reasons. One, because I love it, um, but two, <laughs> because I feel like, so as far as contemporaries go, which I actually don't read a ton of, but I really love this one, um, and in it, uh, Calvin, who is the hero, um, his relationship with his friends, I still remember some of those scenes, which I can't say for all of the romances I've read. Um, I can remember a lot about the heroines, but I don't always remember much about the heroes, and I thought Calvin was a great hero, and I really loved some of the bantery scenes he had with his friends. Um, And Minerva, the heroine, is amazing. So the plot of this book is that um, Minerva, who 
it, she's like a larger woman um, and she has not had great luck in love um, and she's always feeling like she needs to be on a diet and you know she's like kind of a classic contemporary heroine and uh, one night she's out at the bar with a couple of her friends and she overhears some guys dare one of their party to ask her out on a date um, and like you know they, they basically make a bet about her and she hears it um, and so then when he comes over she decides to play along um, for reasons of her own and Calvin who is the hero who has been dared to ask her out does not know that she knows what's going on so there's this great tension between like you know what game is she playing with him when will he figure out um there's also a lot of amazing scenes with food particularly donuts Mm. so many donuts so many donuts including one like kind of dirty one (laughs) which is amazing um and i just i don't know there's so many things i love about this book i love the friendships in it i love the interplay between the hero and the heroine um i love the food there's a great cat in like you know character side character um it's just so much fun and it contains a lot of I think the romance tropes like Chrissy is a master of of the contemporary genre and she's playing with a lot of the tropes that are out there but in a really fun way so you'll get introduced to some romancey things um but in a way that's like really fresh so that is Bet Me by Jennifer Chrissy Okay, my the thing that I picked for you, I also picked because it's kind of a crossover. It's Nighthawk by Beverly Jenkins, and it's a Western uh, romance. So it is a historical, um, and I, the two the main characters in this book are so good. Okay, so the hero's name is Ian. Uh, they call him Preacher. <laughs> yes, he's a. Uh, from Scotland, uh, his mother is white, his father was black, and so this is like the 19th century. Um, so when he was born, his family kind of disowned him and his mother, uh, and so he fled to the States, I think fairly young, uh, to make his own way, and go like looking for a society that would be less prejudiced against him, which he obviously does not really find um, in the U.S. And as he faces more and more racism, he moves farther and farther out west, and then he gets married, his wife is murdered. This takes place like years before the book opens. His wife is murdered. Um, and so he becomes a bounty hunter, kind of out of like vengeance to deal with his grief uh, in losing his wife. He decides he's going to go, you know, bring horrible people to justice. And, and he gains the name the preacher because he likes to like quote scripture people before he kills them or takes them in to be arrested, <laughs> uh, you know, in like a really nice uh Quentin Tarantino kind of way. And then the hero, the heroine's name is Maggie. She's 12. She's orphaned when she's 12 years old and has kind of been on her own since then going from job to job. And she goes from job to job because she won't take crap from anyone about her race. So like she's black and her mother, her father was black and her mother was native American. And they, I don't remember the name of the tribe, but it's like very specific. The thing that I love about Beverly Jenkins is that she researches her books. So like, so well, um, so she like the information about the tribe that the character Maggie comes from is all very specific and and well done. And I, I enjoyed it a lot anyway. So she goes from job to job when people call her, you know, horrible things or assault her, or treat her poorly physically because they're racist. She takes vengeance in like really creative and awesome ways and then flees to the next town before anyone can get to her. Um, so when the book opens, she's working in a brothel as like a cook. And one of the owners of the brothel is a man who keeps trying to proposition her. She keeps refusing. He tries to rape her and she defends herself, I think, by hitting him with a pan or something like that. And he falls and hits his head on something sharp and dies. And then, of course, a mob like forms to lynch her, basically. And she um, goes 
she's arrested and the sheriff is trying to protect her from this like lynch mob and all of this. And so he puts her on a train to go to the next town so that she can face a judge without, you know, dying. And through a series of events, she ends up in the hands of this bounty hunter. And so he's decided he's going to take her in, you know, to face the law, even though he knows that she's not going to probably get a fair trial. And in their travels together, going towards the courthouse, they, you know, feelings and touching. Feelings and touching. That's, that's what the show is about. <laughs> feelings and touching. <laughs> um, but anyway, they're, they're such great characters. She is so, like, urgh, she's made of steel, this, this woman, Maggie. I love her. And um, Ian starts off made of steel and then softens as the book goes on. And, and she helps him deal with the grief over losing his wife. So that's Nighthawk by Beverly Jenkins. There are also horses and guns. So that's the thing you enjoy. There you go. <laughs> Touching and feelings and horses Touching and feelings, guns. Horses, horses and guns. <laughs> I feel like that's all of Beverly Jenkins right there. Touching, feeling, horses, guns. <laughs> In the best possible way. Her books are amazing. And flying pants. Yeah. yeah. Flying pants, right. She runs a monthly book club for her books on her Facebook page. That is just a delight to participate in, can I just say. Um, it's so much fun. Okay. Our next question is from Emily. About a year ago, I started reading romance and love it. Why did I wait so long? I read all kinds of settings and pairings, but recently realized I hadn't read any lesbian romance. I would like to fill this hole. Ha. Huh? <laughs> um, I love our question askers so much. Uh, okay, I would like to fill this hole in my reading, but don't know what to start with. Do you have any recommendations? Okay, I'm going to keep talking. Um, so my recommendation for you is Safe Harbor by Radcliffe, who is like the name, one of the names in uh, lesbian romance. And this is the first book in the Provincetown Tales series. They all take place in Provincetown, which is like, as you might know, a mecca for gay culture, which is pretty awesome. Um, so in this one... It is about a woman named Reese who is the new sheriff and she was in the military and um, nobody can quite figure her out in town. Everybody's like kind of wondering like, is she straight? Is she a lesbian? Like what's her deal? But she's very private um, and she's just kind of like going about doing her job. And then she runs into the local doctor, Vic Victoria King, who is taking a break from dating. Like she has had some rocky relationships and she is just like, like, I am just not going to do this anymore. Uh, and <clears throat> they they keep getting thrown together because there's a series of break-ins at the clinic that um, Victoria works at. And then they live in a very small town, so they run into each other. And it starts to feel like there's something going on. Um, and so it's a lot about... Um, Reese's kind of, she starts off the book kind of, like, I want to say almost, she's not asexual, but like, she's, she's, she's basically celibate, and she's, she doesn't really have a sexual identity, um, and so a lot of it is about this process of, like, her being drawn out of her shell, and Victoria trying to, like, get over her past hurt uh, enough to open up to a new person, and then there's this, all of these subplots, like, this book is, like, full of subplots, it's great, um, there's somebody, well, I mean, the sub, the things that are happening are not great obviously they're terrible um <laughs> because this is a romance novel with conflicts in it so there's um somebody's been targeting teens in the town um for basically like hate crimes and so reese is trying to figure that out um and there's uh you know a whole string of things but at its heart this is just a beautiful love story um it's really well done i liked it so much and um i like have the rest of the series on my list to read so that is safe harbor by radcliffe okay courtney you want to go Yes. 
Um, my recommendation is Treasure by Rebecca Weatherspoon, and it's kind of a coming-of-age, wrong-side-of-the-tracks romance. Um, and it starts with Alexis getting a lap dance at her sister's bachelorette party. Oh, hey. And Alexis, <laughs> Alexis is, she's, I identified with her so much. So she's an introvert, like seriously introverted, and she feels sort of like fish out of water at her sister's party. Um, and she's just embarrassed. And I, you know, I am so introverted. I get embarrassed having like just feelings around other people, let alone, you know, you know, anything like, and and her, her reaction is just so spot on. And the person who gets her to lap dance is a stripper who sort of like talks her through it and recognizes that she's embarrassed and they connect. And it's not like, I mean, there's no, there's nothing, there's no actual, like, you know, touching or whatever, because that's the way it works. But, you know, it's just like, you know, these two people who like start what would be a friendship in this really super, what would otherwise be a super awkward position. Um, and then they leave and they think they're never going to see each other again. And it turns out that the, the stripper in question is named Trisha. She goes by her stripping name treasure. And it turns out that she's stripping because, you know, she's in a very bad place and this is how she ha- she pays for herself to go to class. And so they both happen to be entering computer science students at a university, and they sit down next to each other in class and are like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Alexis comes from a very, you know, a much more privileged background, obviously, since, um, you know, uh, she's... But, but the two of them start studying together and start, you know, having really awkward feelings for each other. And it's like, it's, it's like this... Mo- the most adorable, so like sort of like nerds falling in love plus lap dance, which is it, I I totally love this book, um, and if you if you like introverts, which I do, and if you like um, lap dances, <laughs> and preferably both together, this is totally the book for you. Um, so that is Treasure by Rebecca Weatherspoon. Okay, I do like introverts and lap dances together, <laughs> uh, which I only just now realized in this moment. <laughs> it is the book you didn't realize you want to read until you hear it, and you're like, why, yes, please give me that. As a matter of fact, I do want to read computer science nerds giving each other lap dances. Okay, um, so my pick for you is called Something True. It's by Karelia Stetz Waters, and it takes place in Portland. The, um, the main character's name is Tate. She's a barista at a coffee shop called Al in Portland, which is kind of a historical shop and like a, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a, not safe space, but that sort of thing, like a, a gathering place of the LGBT community in Portland. And it's a historical thing. It's been open for forever, etc. So she works there. She's been um, working there for several years as a way of kind of paying off the, the owner of the coffee shop for taking her in as a home when she was homeless as a teenager. Um, and she is kind of unlucky in love. She was just dumped by a her girlfriend who she was really in love with. And then one day, a mysterious and beautiful blonde stranger walks into the coffee shop. Um, and then she runs into her again at the bar at a bar um, that night. They, she takes her home and they have a one night stand. And in like true one night stand fashion, they don't exchange names. Um, she doesn't know anything. Tate doesn't know anything about this mysterious woman and turns out that the mysterious woman is a corporate real estate agent who is purchasing the building where this historic coffee shop is located and is putting all of them out of business um and is putting you know like everyone on the street basically and her name is laura she's closeted um and was married and is divorced now and is 
this is her last business deal before she leaves to go home to Alabama, I think it was, or Georgia, to help her father run his Republican Senate platform, like campaign. Like, that's what she's going to do. So she's closeted. She has a really complicated background, lots of secrets. She's had this one night stand. Um, and, you know, like for the for all of these reasons, doesn't telltate her name. And then the next day they come together for the first meeting of like, we're buying your store and you were all going to be, you know, out on the street soon. And then, they, of course, they had that moment where they're like, oh, crap. Like, I know you, obviously, from last night. And Oh, no. And so Laura starts to feel some kind of way about what she's doing in this business deal. Obviously, Tate is furious and all she, and like really just wants to save this coffee shop that is like her home, but also wants Laura to like wants to be involved with her because she she there was like a connection and their one night stand wasn't just a one night stand. There was like some an emotional um, thing. So there's, uh, you know, complications. And um, Tate takes it upon herself to show Laura Portland. So this is one of those lovely books where, like, the, the setting is its own character. So she decides to take her and, like, in order to convince her not to do this, like, show her the thing that she's ruining. So she takes her around Portland to get to know the town. They get to know each other. I'm sure you can imagine what happens. Anyway, it's really sweet um, and really steamy and just nice. So that's Something True by uh, Karelia Stetz Waters. That's our show. That sounds lovely. I want to read that now. (laughs) It is really, really great. It does. It It also made me want to go to Portland and like drink a lot of. (laughs) Drink a lot of coffee in the rain. I don't know. It's Ooh, yeah. I mean, that I, sounds I think like that's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so we have spent the whole show not talking about Courtney's books, but you should read them if you have not already because they're yes, fantastic. Um, and Courtney, you write both historical and contemporary. Yeah. That is correct. I do. Yes. So. All right. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I am working on a contemporary series, and there's one book out in it. Um, and it feels like a lot more to me because, uh, reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's take me, right? Uh, it's trade me. Oh, actually. trade me. Sorry. There's, yes. Yeah. They're all me. So, um, the, the titles for the contemporary series are all, all in me. So obviously I think there is a take me in there somewhere, um, <laughs> but it's trade me. And then the follow up hold me should be out pretty soon. Excellent. Um, I have devoured all of your historical romances, so it is. I'm excited for a Same new series. series. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, thank you so much to Courtney for joining us today and lending us your expertise. I cannot wait to read all of the books that you have recommended. Um, thank you for having me. And I am really excited about your recommendations. I was taking notes. <laughs> um, and thank you also to our sponsors, Pinhole Press and Dream Jumper by Greg Grenberg and Lucas Turnblum. Um, if you enjoyed the show, or even if you didn't, leave us feedback on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. It helps us know what you're thinking. Uh, you can also talk to us on social. I'm Jen IRL, Jen with two N's. Uh, Amanda is I'm Amanda Nelson. And um, Courtney, you are Courtney Milan on Twitter, right? That's right. Excellent. Uh, And yeah, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. 